Prayer is a wonderful thing. It's a time of connection with heaven. It's a time when we can pour out our hearts to the Lord and he hears us from heaven. It's also a time of investment where we're lifting up the needs of others or ourselves and asking God to intervene in our lives to to meet with those who need deliverance, who need healing, for God to reveal himself to us. And it's so wonderful when we see those prayers answered. You know, the Bible also says that what we sow, so shall we also reap. And if we make ourselves a people of prayer, investing in the lives of others, then we will also receive that blessing from the Lord. And there's a beautiful prayer I would like to look at with you in Psalm 20. And this psalm is a little different than the others. It was one in which the congregation became involved in praying for the king, in lifting him up before the Lord so that God would meet with him, with King David, and preserve him in times of trouble as he went out to fight his battles and that God would hear from heaven and respond when he called. And so let's read this together, if we could, in Psalm 20. And it says, The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee, and send thee help from the sanctuary, and strengthen thee out of Zion. Remember all thy offerings, and accept thy burnt sacrifice. Grant thee according to thine own heart, and fulfill all thy counsel. We will rejoice in thy salvation, and in the name of our God will we set up our banners. The Lord fulfill all thy petitions. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will hear him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of our God. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Save, Lord, let the king hear us when we call. And so we're reading what the congregation would have prayed for King David as he went out to fight the battles against the enemies of Israel. And their cry was that God would be with him in the day of trouble or the day of battle. And also, I want to notice what they would say in the first verse. It says, The Lord hear you, hear thee in the day of trouble, the name of the God of Jacob defend you. And as they cried out for God to protect their king, they said, Lord, let your name defend King David. And it's interesting that they would ask for the name of the Lord to be King David's defense. You know, not Lord, defeat all your enemy, all his enemies, but Lord, let your name be his defense. And that's because there are many names that God reveals to us in scripture. It's almost as if Whatever situation we have to face in life, there's a corresponding name of God that reveals an aspect of himself, his character, that we can come to know and experience that will cause us to triumph. Now, David was very familiar with the names of the Lord. He not only called upon the name of God, but he met God and experienced his names. One instance was in 2 Samuel chapter 5, where Israel was facing the armies of the Philistines, and David sought the Lord, and he was asking, Lord, how should I fight? What should our plan of battle be and a plan of attack? 
and God gave David the battle plan. And it says this in 2 Samuel 5 and verse 20. It says, So David went to Baal Perazim, and David defeated them there. And he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies there before me like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, he called the name of that place Baal Perazim. And so David was facing a mighty enemy. But as he trusted in the battle plan that God gave him, and he followed that, God showed up in that battle. And David described it as, as if God broke through his enemies like a mighty flood, a rushing water, and it wiped them away. And so he called that place after what he experienced with God, Baal Perazim, or the God of the breakthrough. And this is an example to us of how God wants to not only meet with us, but he wants us to experience his names. Because as Psalm 20 and verse 1 says, his name will defend us. You know, another rendering of this in the Hebrew language is the thought of the name of the Lord will set you on high. The name of the Lord will set you on high. And David experienced that. As he trusted in the name of the Lord, God lifted him up over his enemies. And God desires to do that in our lives through experiencing his name. Perhaps it could be one of his other names. It could be in the area of provision where the Lord wants to meet us to meet with him as Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Or perhaps it could be Jehovah Rapha, our healer, or Jehovah Shalom, the Lord, our peace. And as we cry out to God in our distress and look to him, his name can lift us up. You know, another beautiful psalm that speaks of his name is Psalm 91. And let's read these verses together in Psalm 91, verse 14. And it says, Because he has set his love upon me, Therefore will I deliver him. And this is kind of the Lord speaking to us. Therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him and I'll be with him in trouble. I'll deliver him and honor him. You know, this is our opportunity in life to set our love and affection upon the Lord to cry out to God, Lord, may I know your name. May I come to know you in all of the ways that you desire to reveal yourself to me. And as we come to know him in those different experiences with the Lord, it's as the psalmist says, I will set him on high because he has known my name. Now there's another reference to one of the names of the Lord back in Psalm 20. And it's in Psalm 20 and verse 5. And in verse 5 it says, We will rejoice in thy salvation, and in the name of our God we will set up our banners. The Lord fulfill all thy petitions. And so it says, In the name of the Lord will we set up our banners. It reminds me of the story of Israel fighting against their enemy in, 
in Exodus 17. And Joshua is leading the army of Israel against the Amalekites down in the valley. And Moses was up in the mountain. And he was lifting up his staff. And as long as he kept that staff lifted up, the armies of Israel prevailed. But when he got tired and the staff started to to drop because his arms were getting weak, they started to lose the battle. And so Moses needed some help. And a couple of priests came and held up his arms. And he was able to keep the staff continually lifted up. And they prevailed against their enemy. And at the end of that battle, it says this in in Exodus 17 and verse 15. It says, And Moses built an altar and called it the name of it Jehovah Nisi, which means the Lord our banner. And there's really two concepts to this truth about the Lord being our banner that we can consider. The first part can be seen in the thought of continually lifting up our hearts to the Lord in prayer. As I think we can clearly understand that illustration is that in order to obtain victory in our lives, we must be so careful to keep our hands and our hearts lifted up to God. When Moses' hands would slip down, there was trouble. And so when our prayer life slips or when our, our, our devotion to the Lord starts to grow down, our focus on the Lord starts to slip, then we lose our spiritual footing, our strength to fight the battles. In one sense, this is a very encouraging thought because God is saying, if we would just keep our arms raised up, God will do the rest. If we'll keep our heart and our focus and our prayers upon the Lord, God will bring the victory, just as he did with Israel. You know, Jesus said this in Luke 18 and verse 17. He said, Shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bears long with them? You know, if we will keep our hands lifted up to him, it says he will avenge his elect, though he bear long with them, though he waits for his perfect timing. But yet as we continue day by day, the only outcome can be victory, according to God's plan. When our heart and our eyes are set on the battle in front of us, it can be so easily Uh, It's so easy for us to become discouraged and overwhelmed when we're just looking at our circumstances. But the key is to continually lift up our heart in prayer, our eyes in faith unto God, and he will lead us to victory. You know, this also this thought of a banner can also refer to the way that the armies fought their battles. Now, this is before the days of radio and GPS, but in In olden days, armies would have banners or flags that would represent their nation or their regiment of soldiers, and the the banner would lead the way to that battle line. If the banner went forward, everyone went forward. If it retreated, everyone would retreat. And so the banner speaks of leading God's people to victory, and he always leads us to victory. In modern days, you know, we would refer to the, the one who carries the flag as the color bearer. 
And in history, this was a very noble and coveted position in the military because you had the opportunity to bring honor to your country and to your regiment. In fact, the banner was so important that if the one carrying it was was hit, was wounded and fell, then the person next to them would drop their weapon and they would pick up the banner and go forward. Of course, this was not a very safe occupation. They were often targeted because if the enemy could bring down the banner, it would cause confusion. And so if the banner was dropped, people would drop their weapons and race to pick it back up so that the army would know where to go. And so even though they were picking up the banner, they were really laying down their lives. In one of the battles in the American Civil War, there was a regiment from New York that lost eight color bearers in a single battle, either wounded or killed in that battle. And one would fall and another one would drop their weapon and pick up the flag and it it was a sacrifice to pick up that banner, but they counted it as a great honor to lift up their flag and keep the line moving forward. You know, the army that Israel was facing back in Exodus 17 was Amalek. And Amalek can represent the battle against the works of the flesh, against the nature of sin that's within us that we war against. And there's an aspect to this truth that in order for the Lord to lead us to victory, we must be willing to pick up that banner, which can also represent the cross and yielding our lives to the work of the cross to cleanse us, to separate us, to lead us in his pathway. You know, the cross brings, of course, death to our flesh and the nature of sin within us, to the ways we want to go and our plans, but it yields to the voice of the Lord leading us. You know, Christ also said in in John 3.14, He said, as the serpent in the wilderness was lifted up, so I must be lifted up. You know, that serpent can also speak about the nature of sin within us. The only thing that can conquer that nature is the cross. And that's how God wants to meet with us as Jehovah Nisi, to bring victory over our flesh, over the the sinful things within us, or even over the, the situations that we're facing, the opposition, that if we'll put our trust and rest in this word, that if we'll seek him like Moses in surrender, in prayer, in crying out to the Lord, he will eventually, though he bear long, though he waits for the perfect time, he will eventually bring victory. There's a story in Second Chronicles about Israel and how they came to rest in the word of the Lord through King Hezekiah. And the king is speaking to his people as Jerusalem is surrounded by an enemy. And it says this in Second Chronicles 32 and verse 7. And let's read this together. And it says, Be strong and courageous, be not afraid nor dismayed, for the king of of the king of Assyria for all the multitude that is with him for if there be more with us therefore there be more with us than with him with him is the arm of flesh but with us is the Lord our God to help us to fight our battles and then notice this it says the people rested themselves upon the word of Hezekiah king of Judah they rested 
they leaned upon that word. And as they did so, that night, the angel of the Lord gave them a divine victory. While everyone was sleeping in Jerusalem, the angel went out and, and slew 185,000 of the enemy while they slept. You know, if we will lean upon the word of the Lord in our lives, allow him to put our flesh on the cross, to remove those desires and appetites, other things that we might trust in that would turn us aside from God's pathway, that's where the true victory is found. And that's what it really comes back down to, what we trust in. Because back in Psalm 20, it says this in verse 7. It says, Some trust in horses, or some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Some people trust in the things of this earth, but our help is found in the name of the Lord. It's not that having security in life is a bad thing and making sure we have natural provision and so forth. But the question is, what is our trust being placed in? Is it in the natural things? Or is our heart resting in trust in the Lord? Verse 8 of Psalm 20 gives the outcome for those who trust. Verse 8 says, They are brought down and fallen. Or speaking of those who put their trust in earthly things. But we are risen and stand upright. That's the ultimate outcome for those who have made the Lord their banner and their trust. Then verse 9 is the closing prayer. It says, Save, Lord, let the king hear us when we call. Save us, Lord, let the king of kings hear us when we call upon him. You know, we are going to face many battles in the days to come, both as a church and as individuals, and of course we're facing one today. But the key is found in knowing the name of the Lord, because his name will set us in a high place above the battle so that we can have a heavenly perspective looking down with him. And as we learn to call upon his name and continually trust in him, keeping our hands raised up and our hearts and our eyes lifting, lifted to God in prayer to allow him to work within us, to surrender to the work of the cross. After all, the universal sign of surrender is hands lifted up. And we can pray, Lord, take my will. Lord, lead me on your pathway of victory. He wants us to win. He wants us to experience victory after victory, like King David. You know, David experienced one victory after another. It says that his house became greater and greater, unlike the house of Saul who became weaker and weaker because he was disobedient to the Lord and didn't follow him fully. But God is the God of victory. We can experience that as we come to know the many names of the Lord. And as we lift up our hands and our hearts to him, he will lead us to victory. God bless you.